Guys, hello and welcome. It's the Dynasty Dad here, launching something brand new. We've got a new podcast. Super excited about this. We've been talking about it for a while on the podcast, and I am just eager to get this going. Guys, I want to introduce you to my co-host, Mike Lamoureux, at Nerdboy Takes. He's been hitting up Twitter like storm, like a storm right now. And honestly, like we've been talking about this for a while backstage with our Smash Patreon, and I am super excited to just get things started and chop it up with you tonight. Yeah, I'm pumped. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about this for, I don't know, what, since September, maybe? October? I don't know. It's been been a little bit. Um, we're missing the Oreo bro himself, Josh. He was supposed to launch this with us, but he's uh, he's busy with life right now. So hopefully he makes a couple of appearances in here, pops in, and, and kind of, you know, drops his knowledge of, you know, his, his vast knowledge, I should I should say, about, you know, different Oreos and such. <laughs> exactly. Hey, and, and no better way to start things out than we are literally going to, we, you know, we're going to do a startup. You know, we, we are going to do a smash or pass. And the reason we made this podcast is we're going to kind of hit you guys up with values a little bit more. A lot of people are asking, you know, smash accept. We created and we're, we're teaching a lot of, you know, how to's and, and what we do and making trades and everything like that right now. There's nobody out there that's better than Mike when we're talking about talking about what kind of values we're at now. You know, we talk about dynasty is so cyclical and there's so many times to to make trades and we're going to talk really smash or pass. Is this guy worth this value? Is this where we should be? And the best way to kick that off is smash except seven. You know, we're getting a little rebrand here and we're going to kind of go right off the bat in a minute. We're going to announce live our draft order. And you know, Mike, that's kind of where you and I first met is like doing a startup. And it's, it's just that best time to really start forging some values. Yeah. So startups for me are year round. I, I just try to do a startup. Um, I mean, it's cause I'm a de- degenerate too. Cause I'm always looking for startups, but you know, I'm always looking at where these players are going, um, who's changing, who's going up, who's going down, who has that hidden value that I could steal and um, who's being overvalued currently. And, and, and I use that um, in my other leagues as far as trades go. In my mind, I'm saying this guy went, you know, third third round when he was taken sixth round last year. And, you know, I kind of use that to my advantage where I can see that, you know, people are going um, – a little crazy with what they see is possibly going to happen instead of what has happened. So, yeah, and the um, biggest position for that is running back, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to quick do this draft order, and then you and I are really going to jump into running backs because there's so much to divulge, so much to break down, so much to like literally find some values here. But let's quick our draft order hitting you up right off the bat. We're going to hit let everybody know exactly who's drafting where and what kind of spots we got. So right off. Getting it going here, our draft order. Oh, pick 12, Dynasty Dad. Okay, all right, all right. You know, smash one through six. Johnny Cage, pick 11. Man, this is the first one I got that late. Blake, 2521 at pick 10. All right, you're still alive. Jimmy Jimmy Jam Cam at pick nine. Big Dunn, pick eight. Dane M15 at pick seven. Dane. Peace out, pick seven, or peace out 72 at pick six. I'm getting sweaty. Mike, you're still there, man. Jay Clegg 72 at pick five. Zay Jean Che at pick four. Man, you are still alive here. Owen Smith at pick three. This I don't like this. I think this is rigged, man. Oh, you got pick one at RT Tulsa. What what a way to start things, you know? Right off the bat, you're getting that pick one, and uh, you know this is this is the exciting time of year. I mean, this is what we're this block, what we're doing. By the way, that pick is it's on the block already, it's, guys. That's so, exactly how we do it. Pick. We got to get that going right off the right off the <laughs> bat. You got to you got to be talking about trading that pick. Um, 
All right, so what we're going to talk about now that we got that out of the way, and thank you guys for bearing with us there those first couple minutes. We're not going to be doing that again. Smash or pass is going to be hard-hitting, like in-your-face kind of talk. And right now, what we really want to talk about is running backs. I mean, you know, I put a, a thread out there. Twitter's been all over it, talking about who are the guys we can trust right now. I mean, the running back position, Mike, as, is different than I can ever imagine. I mean, I've been doing this in fantasy for 20 years, but in dynasty for the last seven years. And this is the biggest change in an offseason I've ever seen in my life. And we're talking about there are eight free agent running backs. And we're not talking about, you know, jokers. We're talking about some absolute ballers at the running back position. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Tony Pollard, even Singletary, Madison Hunt. Mostert, Foreman, I mean, there's some names out there, right? And then we look at this 23 class, which you and I have been digging deep in, really telling everybody to invest for the last, I don't know, 15 months to tell them how good this class is. But I mean, there are at least six running backs that go in that first round of your rookie draft who are those guys where, you know, I put a, a tweet out there saying there are at least nine guys projected to go day one or day two. And those are your guys that come in there. So I mean, we're looking at 16, 17, maybe 18 guys that come in and just disrupt the dynasty running back landscape right now. And I think that's, for me, a cautionary tale because so many people want to invest in that running back position. What are some trends you're seeing in the startups as well as like, who should we really be trusting? I mean, I think that's a big question that everybody's messaging us. Yeah, so with with free agency, with that stacked class, 23 is a running back class for sure. Um, we're going to see a crazy influx of running backs moving, um, coming in to teams that already have established running backs. You know, I think a lot of the times we're going to see landing spots. We're going to say, what is that good? Is that bad? We're not going to know. Um, because I think there's going to be a shift in the NFL that's already been happening where, um, split backfields is going to be the new norm. And that whole, you know, 30 touches a game. Um, they are seeing that, you know, running backs aren't going to withhold that kind of abuse um, year in and year out. So I think that transition is kind of slowly happening. Actually, I wouldn't say slowly. It's really it's kind of just happened um, in the last couple of years. Um, but recent startups that I've done, um, you know, Brees is still going mid-second with Walker. Um, those are two guys that I will happily buy right now. Um we're going to see, you know, um, McCaffrey and JT are actually trending towards the, the later second um, currently. So we're mm -hmm. seeing JT at like 2.8, 2.9. Um, you know, I, he's not necessarily where – that's not where his ADP is altogether, but I'm seeing as of late, uh, the last couple startups I've done, he's going after Brees. He's going after Walker. Um, you know, in rookie dra in drafts that include, you know, rookie placeholders, Bijan's going 1.7, 1.8. Um, so he's the only guy going in the first as far as the running back goes. And we see, you know, the string of four guys right there. And then, you know, Barkley and, and Eckler and the crew are going in the, in the third, beginning of the third. So um, it's, you know, it is interesting. I think it's going to you know, keep going. It's going to always be changing for the next couple of weeks, even. Oh, um, for sure. And I think when you add into the mix, I mean, we're looking at the age of some of these other running backs, these guys that have been staples since, you know, 2018. I mean, you got Mixon and McCaffrey are still going to be 26. Chubb's 27. Dalvin's 27. Kamara's 27.6. So he'll be turning 28. Zeke's going to be 28. Eckler's going to be 28. Connor. Fournette, all these guys, Henry's going to be 20, is 29, Aaron Jones is going to be 28, you know, and if you look at, statistically speaking, and, and this was actually a, a, a study that Mike Tagliere, you know, the absolute legend himself, you know, I, that put out there, looking at guys from their age group, of that, that age cliff at 27, your top 12 finish percentage goes from, you know, at, at age 25, 26 is about 18%. Age 27 to 29, that dips to like 10% of your running backs are hitting that area. And that's where a lot of these guys are, you know. So we have, 
We have a, a influx of running backs coming in that are young. We have a lot of guys in free agency. Then you mix in the veterans of who's going to go where. And I mean, it is just a crazy time. And that's why I want to kind of take look at our rankings, talk about where you know we let you guys on Twitter kind of make some decisions. But there are very few guys right now that I'm like, Mike, I'm saying go out there and buy this guy. You know, right for me right now, it's a handful of guys. And the guys that I trust right now, it's Brees Hall, it's Jonathan Taylor, it's, you know, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Kenny Walker, and maybe Tony Pollard. I mean, it is a really, really short list. And and maybe Josh Jacobs in there. But let, let's start hitting up some of these rankings and just go from there. Because I think there's a lot to really open up. There's a lot of tiers to kind of look into. And I have a lot of people asking on Twitter, based off of the, the poll that I put out there, what, what do you mean by tiers? You know, and I think... The biggest thing at Smash Accept, and I think here when we transition into Smash or Pass, it's huge to know where those tiers are, right? A ranking is a subjective list, 1 through 24, of who your RB1s and RB2s are. But there's a huge advantage of understanding your tiers and where those tiers are when it comes to startups, when it comes to trade values. And I I want you to talk about a little bit how you break that down because what I did for this particular exercise, I broke down the tiers, I put in your last startup, kind of where those rookie picks are going, that 101, 102, where those are in there. But I think a lot of people have to understand, you know, for instance, right off the bat, tier one, I have Bijan, Brees, and Jonathan Taylor, and that's it. But then when you go to, you know, the next tier down, it's a different set of values, right? You got to be able to look at where those values are. There's there can be a bigger difference between three and ten, as opposed to that could be multiple tiers to move down. Yeah, yeah, because you know dynasty value. Um, there's a lot of different facets to it. You know, you're talking age, um, you know, contracts, uh, past. You know, your overall just, um, I guess. Um, performance as far as the past, but also, you know, your future, um, you know, you, you want somebody locked in at the top of your dynasty rankings to, you know, at least have, you know, a three-year trajectory as far yeah. as what you can see them, you know, you want them to stay in that tier for a good period of time. You know, I'm not putting um, a guy that might fade out in one year um, in the top of my tier of dynasty, you know, because yeah. that's just, there's no point in that when I'm going to have to change my dynasty rankings every, you know, six months or so. Um, well, and I, I think the important part about that you and I were starting to talk about is there There are some websites out there. They say, hey, that two to three year window. So a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, we're, we're talking about Bijan Robinson being a first round pick. And they're like, well, he has a two to three year window. That's not necessarily true for the running back position. That is true for the mid-range guys. A guy like Bijan is someone who projects like a you know, Christian McCaffrey, like a Saquon Barkley. Those guys where those elite guys are up at the top for <clears throat> a considerable amount of time. They're up there for five, six years, maybe a little bit longer. You know, if you look at the career of say, you know, Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey, they've been up on top for the last at least four years, you know? So when you say that two to three year window, that's, that's a very false identification of like where they're at. When you, you look at a guy like Damian Pierce, I think that's a two to three year window because we got a guy with sure. a lower draft capital. He's got, he had a good rookie season. He might have a decent year too, but th- eventually Houston's going to be looking to replace him because of that draft capital, because of where he was, you know, taken in the, that profile in general. Yeah, draft capital is huge. You know, we look at Antonio Gibson, guys like that, where mm-hmm. they've been pretty pretty good starters. Um, and then we saw Brian Robin, Robinson just come in and just take his job. Um, with really, you know, he hasn't he hasn't slid as far as performance goes in my mind um, in the last couple of years. He's only been in the league for what three years, but um, there is that window of two to three years before you are replaced. Um, you know, I think on average. Um, James Robinson, you know, had a career year, his rookie year, and, you know, ETN was taken the next year. And Yeah, and I think that's there. where we, we just want to educate people on that. I mean, like, the argument that B. John Robinson is going to be a quick kind of thing, because what we did was we, we put out a Twitter poll, and we put it out there for you guys, and just trying to see what you guys were thinking, as well as what we were. 59% on over 600 votes, which is 
and for Smash Except, that is a new record, you know, and right now in 2023, there's going to be a lot of records because literally people are so excited about this class. 59% of you guys, almost 60% said Bijan is the Dynasty RB1. 21% Jonathan Taylor, 13.5 for Brees Hall, 5.7 for Kenneth Walker. Mike, smash or pass that Bijan Robinson is the clear-cut Dynasty RB1. Smash, absolutely. Um yeah, his talent. I'm in hundred percent agreement, man. Not even a not even a question. It was already yeah. locked in. Um, I was almost locked in last summer, to be honest with you. I was it just really had my was. fingers crossed of, you know, no injuries. You know, that's all I was worried about the whole year with Bijan. But yeah, and he's gonna he's gonna get the draft capital. He's gonna go, you know, top ten range. He's got the production profile. He is the 101 in all formats. I don't care if you need a quarterback. He is that 101. Complete three down workhorse. Elite burst. The vision is phenomenal. First in all of college football in broken tackles. Fourth in yards after contact. Like he lined up at wide receiver 10% of the snaps. I mean, like this guy is what we want, right? He is the best thing to come out since Saquon Barkley. He's up in that stratosphere. And right now, I mean, he is well worth that. The reason. And I got a lot of questions in the Patreon. I'd be like, well, what about Jonathan Taylor? What about Brees Hall? What about some of these guys that have already done it? And Mike, I would rather be on the curve of trusting. I trust my eyes. I trust my gut. I'd rather be on the curve of being ahead of the game than behind. You know, when Jonathan Taylor came out, I was trading Dalvin Cook to get Jonathan Taylor because that was the guy that I thought was going to be there, right? When Saquon Barkley came out, I was trading Ezekiel Elliott to get that next guy because we talk about insulated trades all the time. You're not going to get that with Bijan at this point, but I mean, there was a time where you could have traded Jonathan Taylor for that what would have been 101 plus, you know? And I think Bijan Robinson is locked and loaded. I cannot see a team scenario where he goes and he's not in that same spot, you know, like he is. And and if not for the rookie fever, that is literally that one oh one is worth gold. And that's what I've been saying for months is I had him over Jonathan Taylor when he was in college. And people are like, why? I was like, well, Taylor's struggling. Brees is hurt. And you got B. John Robinson, who is just dominating in college. That one oh one, no matter what it is in 2023, is going to be worth so much. And now it's B. John Robinson and it's almost here. I mean, I got four shares of that 101, and there, there's a lot of people out there. I mean, you can float this. This is one thing that's huge before we move on to the next guys. You can float that 101, but don't try to be actively moving it for nothing. I mean, I'm seeing some trades that I kind of like. You know, I saw Chris Olave and the 110 and the 112. It's not huge, but it's, it's a good start. 102 and 107. I mean, Mike, that is like, dude, you're going to end up getting – you know, you're going to get Bryce Young and you're going to get another running back. You know, there's one, I saw 103, 109, and Drake London, three for one for the 101. I mean, there these are some hauls, 1-5, 112, and George Pickens. I saw Saquon Barkley, the 111, and a 24 first. I mean, this is the kind of value you can get for that 101. It's also why we talk about in our rebuild strategies, rule number one is get your first and make it that 101 because in this year, in this class, it's it's worth gold, man. Yeah, I wouldn't trade the 101 right now, regardless of what kind of package I was getting. You know, I'd wait um, until I was on the rookie clock, and then I would I would put it on the block, and I would say I'm shopping this pick for the next hour. You know, yeah. and then see what's going to fly in because it's it's only going to you know get better and better from here until that draft. Um, that's going to be peak value right there. Um, and that's that's what we're doing the whole way across the board is I'm not suggesting say, trading any of these 23 first unless it's absolute overpays, you know. Um, the next guy on the list, and I, I have it, and, and Smash Except, you know, you guys were out there voting the exact same way. We have Brees Hall came in 43.7%, Jonathan Taylor at 38%. So Brees Hall is that RB2, Jonathan Taylor is that RB3, and that's the end of my top tier. You know, I know a lot of people have Kenneth Walker really close, you know, and I think I think that's debatable and I think that's worthwhile talking. Uh, but for me, two is that clear-cut Brees Hall. And I know there's been questions of, well, Dad, I, I don't know if I saw enough. I, I did. I mean, the usage of him, the three down back, if, if he did not get hurt, I would have a real neck and neck him and Bijan just because we've seen it, right? I mean, what we saw on the field from Brees Hall, the explosiveness, the way to take it to the house, the pass catching ability, the the red zone knack for the end zone. I mean, Brees Hall did it with 
the worst quarterback play around when you got Zach Wilson out there and Michael Carter was already there eating into it where we're we're talking about a lot of these situations where there's 16 guys that could be added to rosters the Jets aren't going to be one of them because they have their one they have their two they even got you know they're in a situation where I don't think they they're addressing other needs so Brees Hall to me is that clear cut too yeah I agree um I had I had that I think we had a a conversation yesterday in the in the Patreon about this, and there were people that were saying JT, JT, Brees, Brees. Um, yeah, I I have him locked in. He is. Um, he doesn't need to show me anything. It's you know I was preaching this this time last year, telling people to trade Najee for Brees in a first. Yes. And, yep. Um, that was my thing. Right? Before the rookie draft, I said trade Najee for Brees in a 24 first because you're not going to get a 23. And I got five or six DMs of people telling me I was I was foolish. You know, and we talk about this. And I know, you know, for, for you guys that don't know Mike, and you should be following following him for sure, very similar thought process of we we go ahead, we're volume traders, but we get out there ahead of it. You know, and sometimes that's it's a risk reward. But if you can get, like we said, if you dealt Najee last year for Brees, and a first, you're in a position where that insulation has put you towards the top. I'm just trying to pull up. You know, Taylor on the other side, I mean, we're looking at if he finishes, and right now, this past season was not anything we want to remember, right? I mean, Jonathan Taylor, last year, we're looking at the RB1 overall. He finished that final eight weeks on an absolute tear. The Colts are in a situation where the offensive line didn't perform the way it needed to, coaching issues, usage issues, you know, we're looking at no quarterback play whatsoever, you know, and, and Jonathan Taylor, <clears throat> the frustrating part was when Jonathan Taylor was out, we saw some of it from your boy Neon Dion catching eight or nine passes, you know, <laughs> Hines leaves and we're still not seeing that, that same usage we want to see. And Jonathan Taylor to a lot of people is because of where he was two years ago, people still value him. They're like, you have to be foolish not to have him as your one or your two. And it's debatable that he's your three. I mean, there is a scenario I am actively searching, you know, and I'm not trying to give him away, but if I can move back from Jonathan Taylor to Saquon to, to Kenneth Walker to ETN Plus, I'm considering making those kind of moves right now and getting that extra value because we're eight games away from Jonathan Taylor falling completely out of value and he should have a bounce back this year. I mean, I'm not saying give him away, but what are your thoughts there on that difference between that tier of, do you have Walker and, and where, like, I know if I told dynasty Jacoby and I have Walker where he is, he flipped out on me, you know, he thinks he's top three in that area. And I don't totally disagree with him. There's not a huge difference in between the two. Yeah. I have Walker a little ahead of JP. Um, but not by much. I would say they're more even, if anything. Um, I'm not to say that JT is going to have a – JT is going to be great. He's going to have a great year. I think he's going to be a really good value. Um, if he's going to fall to the back end of the second, I think he's going to be you know, yeah. a great bang for your buck. You get that um, post-hype sleeper, right? There's always that guy where it's like, hey, he was supposed to ball out. He didn't perform. Like he, in, in some estimations, he wasn't absolutely horrible. He just wasn't Jonathan Taylor, right? He was an RB2. That's it. That's valuable for your team, but you paid as if he was an RB one, and now people are really going to be down on him for this this upcoming season. Yeah, he doesn't have that that invincible value that people once viewed him have. You know, he doesn't. He looked human. He looked like he yeah. was. You know, um, he struggled. You know, with his ankle, he struggled, and with that O line, struggled. And I have serious concerns about. Um, the Colts not being a very good team next year and you're not having anything to play for. And, mm -hmm. you know, looking at him and saying we have to save him and, and you know, limiting his touches. And not to say he's not going to be re really good, but I think there's going to be a lot of, like, Walker and Brees. They're going to get that. They're young. They're going to get yeah. that work. They're going to go. They're going to get all the work they can handle at this point. And Talking to you right now, I mean, I'm almost, I, I'm ready to put Walker back up into that that first tier. It's just so close. Then what I did for this particular exercise is I started taking, you know, your particular startups and some of the startups that I'm, I'm getting from other people. And after Walker, it's that 102, 103. So we, you, you know, it's a, you're looking at Bryce Young and Stroud for me are, are 
just locked in at that 2-3 spot. And I think that's where we're at, right? Is I would rather have Walker than two or three, depending on what your league structure is. You know, I mean, if, if you're quarterback needy, I can kind of go there, but I have them in that same tier. But then I have Saquon Barkley right there, and you guys voted that way. Saquon Barkley below the 103, because I can't see, you know, being able to move that way. Mung's huge on Saquon Barkley. Barkley had a phenomenal season. I think he belongs in this tier, but he's another guy too where, you know, you were talking about we want to get out ahead of time. He's 25 years old. You know, you start to get 26 into 27. We start to wonder where, you know, what kind of usage we're going to have. Saquon Barkley belongs in this tier, but are you smashing or passing at the RB5 overall for Dynasty? I think you smash Barkley at the RB5. Um, when you're elite, that window. I mean, we're seeing Dalvin Cook now just hitting that that, that wall. Um, I think this is the first year I saw him really look his age and look yeah. like he's, you know, inefficient. And Fournette is the same way. He's plodding along. And not to say that it's not going to be a, a decent fantasy asset, um, but it's they're not – you can see it. They're, they're missing that dynamic of mm-hmm. just being able to make a play out of, no, out of nothing. You know, they need that hole. Um, they need that support. So, I mean, Barkley I think probably has about two years left before he – Absolutely. I mean, you know, if he does, he's, he is the Superman to me. Yeah, like, I mean, he's, 1,300 he's rushing yards and 57 receptions. You know, this year you were looking at if you could get yourself above that – you know, right now, 57 was seventh in the league, you know, and I think the ceiling wasn't even reached when we're talking about his pass catching ability. But I mean, he was fantastic in the run game, 10 touchdowns. I mean, he was what we wanted him to be, you know, a year and a half ago. So I am firmly have him in there and then I have a tear break and then you guys pretty much hit that home. I mean, I, I love the way that you guys voted. I mean, you had Kenneth Walker, 38% as that RB4. The RB5, you guys you guys went Christian McCaffrey, you know, and I think there's there's some debate to have there. The tough part about when you're doing a startup right now, Mike, is, you know, Saquon Barkley and, and Christian McCaffrey both. I mean, if we get an injury in the playoffs, this is why we're degenerates for drafting this time of year. But Christian McCaffrey is one injury away from being out, right? I mean, he is on the verge of being, he's 26 years old. He's had major injuries before. He looks great with San Francisco. I mean, it's revitalized. And, and a lot of times we, we look at these tiers and my next tier is 104 Christian McCaffrey, then 105 ETN and Eckler. And I think all of these guys can be put in different areas, right? If I'm rebuilding, if I am starting to really put it together, I want that four or five over McCaffrey or at least that four. But if I'm in a spot where I am like all in Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are the epitome of what you're looking for. I mean, McCaffrey, 85 receptions, Eckler, 107 receptions, you know, 13 touchdowns, Eckler with 18 total touchdowns. These guys both are the those elite difference makers. And that's why I put them in there because I'm a, I'm a win now kind of guy. I like to be able to, it's why tiers are so much more important than rankings, right? Because we're trying to see what you want out of that certain area. So talk to me a little bit about this tier. I know it's a little bit bigger. It's got two picks in there and running backs of different calibers with Christian McCaffrey, Travis Etienne, the much younger running back and Austin Eckler. Yeah. So, you know, um, to elaborate a little bit on that, there's, my redraft rankings, and then there's my dynasty rankings. And my dynasty rankings are designed for people that aren't going to win that year. You know, so it's it's more of like, I'm going to slow build my roster. This is my dynasty rankings. I'm going to mm-hmm. take this player, that player, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them grow on my team. You know, they're going to get on my team, and they're going to start slow, and then they're going to slowly build up to that that amazing process. I love that. And and for and, you, then you probably have Travis Etienne over Christian McCaffrey. Am I right? Like, like I said, you know, I, I'm in a thousand different startups and yeah. I have some that I'm going all in. I'm selling all my picks. I'm yeah, whatever. I'm doing that. And then there's some, you know, cause I do like money. I, we all love wrong. the money, man. I want, <laughs> I want to get paid at the end of the year. Right. Um, but then there's, there's boredom that's attached to going to the same build over and over again. Yep. If you're like me, you're in a bunch of leagues, you're going to look at dynasty rankings and say, I'm going to look at these and say, this is, these are the players I'm going to go for. If, you know, I'm, I might not win this year, but I'm going to have a powerhouse for the next five years. 
Well, and you um, hit on it there. Yeah. I mean, we, I got a lot of people there in one dynasty league. They just got into it, and they're like, "This is my roster. What do you think?" And I'm like, you know, they're starting to really find find their their dynasty philosophy and how they believe. I was like, join another startup, man. Do do it different this time. If you went all in last time, try moving back. You know, you got to read the room, but try a different mentality. See where you're at right now. I mean, I love moving back and and, and punting. I mean, you and I both have a bunch of punts this year that are going to be so much fun with that 23 class. You know, and I think it's a matter of just getting that out there. For me, when I do my rankings, I try to blend it a little bit, right? It's like if I'm drafting right now and I got to choose between ETN and Eckler, I might choose, you know, like I, I, I'd probably choose ETN. But if I want to win, I'm taking Austin Eckler. You know what I mean? Austin Eckler was the RB1 overall, but he's going to be 28. ETN was the RB16, but he's only 23 turning 24, you know, and you got that, that bigger window where if one of those goes down to injury, you got to make sure you're in that area, you know, and that's why we harp on trying to get those quarterbacks and wide receivers early because in the drafts that I'm seeing from you, you know, Eckler's going in the fourth round and you got guys like Kamara and Dalvin and Derrick Henry falling all the ways around like eight, nine, ten, nine, you nine, know, they're in the and, ninth round, so. and that's, that just seems fantastic this time of year. But I think Travis Etienne is an interesting one because I, you know I absolutely love him. And you and I were talking about him in the very beginning. I was talking about him in March where this is a guy that I think is going to be a dynasty RB1. Again, I was the first one there, but people were like, this is foolish. You know, and you, you and I were in the Smash Accept League together and you jumped right ahead of me and took him. And I was like, all right, okay, we're, 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 we're seeing this. I think ETM, we, we're just starting to see the tip of the iceberg of the talent that he has. You know, Jacksonville offense is starting to look a lot more exciting. <clears throat> the pass catching ability is there. Still only 35 receptions. You make that 50, 60 receptions, which I think he has that ceiling. But then we're looking at he was a locked and loaded top 10 running back, you know, and I think that's there. I do think that one of these other running backs via free agency or the rookie draft is going to go to Jacksonville. You know, I mean, they are going to get a secondary guy there that that could eat into that. But I think Travis Etienne is the type of player that doesn't need 30 carries. You know, he's a guy that needs 15 to 20 touches and stay electric out there on the field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have him slightly above um, McCaffrey and um, and Eckler. Um, but like I said, it's in Dynasty, in Redraft, I'm taking Eckler and, and McCaffrey way, way above ETN right now um, mm-hmm. because that you, you just can't compare to what they're going to do next year. Um, and um, I guess having ETN attached to that offense, when we see that offense is growing and it's all going to mm-hmm. be better next year, um, with Ridley on that team, and then you know I'm sure they're going to make minor changes and improve that O line a little bit, um, protect um, Mr. Sunshine in the back. So I, I just think that having a piece of that backfield would be really important um, in Dynasty, and you, you, you can see what he does. You see his skill, and um, I think that longevity of of what he can do um, compared to you know McCaffrey and Eckler, I think I'll take that all day. And, and you guys were really smart with that. I mean, you guys had ATN right ahead of Eckler, and it was just back-to-back. I mean, almost identical to what we are on there. And I think people are starting to see those kind of things. Then it starts to get a little bit choppy, Mike, as we're looking at, you know, the Twitter poll I put out after that is is it for that RB, uh, I believe it's RB9, we're looking at, you know, we got Jacobs. Hold on, let me double-check here. Yeah, RB9. We're looking at Josh Jacobs, who finished as the rushing title leader this year. Javante Williams coming off an injury, but, you know, has shown flashes there, and there's no RB2 in sight, but I believe they'll be bringing someone in. Jameer Gibbs, who honestly looks like a second coming of Alvin Kamara, looks phenomenal if he can put on a little bit of weight, pass-catching ability. I mean, this guy is going to be insane. And then DeAndre Swift, who... We've seen it. He had three 30-plus point performances. But this whole range here becomes a little bit more difficult, right? We're looking at guys where each one of them has a a negative or a positive. Uh, You guys chose Jameer Gibbs, and I think with the rookie fever, I think him he's going to firmly go at that 104, 105 range, whether you like him or JSN. And I think I value 104, 105 over Jacobs, Javante, and Swift. But these three guys are interesting. I mean, I think Josh Jacobs, to me, is very safe. 
because we saw what he can do with the Raiders. The Raiders were, you know, this was the first year they gave him over 250 touches. And it was a, you know, their their offensive line on PFF ranks ninth. But we have a situation where he's out there in free agency. And there's a lot of situations. You see Josh Jacobs go to Miami. Or you see Josh Jacobs go to one of these other other areas. And he he's definitely leaving the Raiders. He's made it obvious. He's only 24 years old. I mean, he seems like he's been around forever. But... Jacobs, I think, is a is a guy that I'm I'm feeling safe about. Javante Williams, I also feel a little bit safe. You know, it's like I know he's coming off an ACL injury, but it feels like this is a situation for him to smash as well. DeAndre Swift is kind of up in the air. So talk to me about these three guys right now. You know, they went Jacobs, went it was Jacobs, then Javante, then Swift, according to Twitter. That's how I have them ranked as well. What about you? Yeah, I'd have to have Jacobs in front of those guys right now. Um, I think the only knock that you can you can make about Jacobs is you don't know where he's going. Um, right. I think that's the only thing that's kind of limiting people vaulting him up in their rankings because yeah. you know it's it's all situational. Every every guy in that tier right now is pretty situational, you know. And this is why back and, this is why we and, talk about making these trades, right? Is a year ago you could have got for Swift, you could have got Jacobs and a mid twenty three first. You know, because oh, of where he was at, and we there, there's just something to be said about because of the vol- volatility of the position, because of the danger in investing in guys coming in and not getting that full workload. The, that's why I'm saying I'm having a very hard time investing in running backs with high draft capital. Yeah, it's tough, you know, and you can you can totally take advantage of that. You can take advantage of dip. I don't see Swift um, having a down year in a contract year because yeah. he's. I, he's one of my favorite guys. I think I bought him for the 108. Um, couple I know. Years I ago. tweeted about that. I thought that was just and, phenomenal value. And that, yeah, because that's where he's at right now. Um, Javante, I bought him for Ramondre straight up um, a couple couple weeks ago. And then I've I've always been doing Javante deals with Ramondre, and um, you know, recency bias is a, a really important thing when it comes to to running backs. You know, people are only really concerned about what they can do for them right mm-hmm. now or, or what they've done lately. And um, if you can use that to your advantage and you can take guys like, you know, Javante and Swift away from the owners um, at a, a re- you know, relative discount is, you know, 108 for Swift for me um, is a huge discount. And I'll do that every day, all day if I could. Um and I think a lot of people but, are still thinking Javante Williams because it was him and Melvin Gordon his rookie year split and carries. I mean, I feel like we only saw a little bit of 2022 Javante Williams, but I think we were going to see that more into a 60, even 70, 30 type split as they saw more of him. Because, I mean, he has just that tenacity and strength as a runner with that home run ability. I mean, I love – I got Javante Williams in, uh, in a league for the 111 because the guy was like – he had that rookie fever and was thinking he could get more for the 111 than he could have for Javante. I mean, the time to buy Javante was at the end on a contender. He's still cheaper than he should be. And I think we're going to see him just continue to climb up here in value. And I think right now, all three of these guys are going right above that 108, 19 range. Uh, and I think that's good value. If you can get them for anything after that 107, I think we're starting to get there. But I think you can get them cheaper. You know, I, I think as rookie fever builds up, I'm not saying going out there and trade 107 for one of them right now because I don't see any of these three guys really shooting up in value the same way I do with those rookie picks. And I think that's the tricky part to navigate this time of year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, they, they're they not going to increase in value, and that's what I, I preach to people a lot. You know, these players aren't going to do anything to improve their value from yeah. now until the rookie draft. And a draft pick is going to, you know, improve significantly um, from now until the rookie pick. And it just doesn't have to do anything. You know, you're going to see maybe the combine and then a couple videos of some guys catching balls and making, you know, petty runs through, through you know, sandbags and stuff. Yeah. And, they're and just going to keep going up. Just, people are going to love it. And that's that's all it is. It's going to be a Twitter frenzy. And, um, you know, these picks are going to be crazy. People that don't really do Dynasty or, you know, kind of only into it during the football season. Um, they have no idea what these picks are going to be. They don't even know the names of the college players that are coming in. Um, so, you know, you wait a little bit longer in your leagues. Um, if you know guys are active, then, you know, maybe you can shop them a little bit right now. But 
these these picks are going to be worth you know ten times the amount they are right now. Um, and so I, I just think you know selling them for guys that might not help your chances this year. Um, not to say that Javante and Swift won't, but I think you can get them plus something on top a little Absolutely. later. Our next tier moving down, I have 108, 109, and then it's Mixon and Pollard. You know, and Mixon stays in this area. You guys, you, I'm going based off exactly how you guys voted on it. But, I mean, Joe Mixon, again, 26 years old. You know, another another good season. You know, he wasn't right where he was, you know, top five two years ago, but another RB1 finish. And then Tony Pollard moves up into that 13th. He almost breaks the RB1 status. And I know that was a guy that you were huge on. We we're talking about him a lot in the Patreon. He finishes, you know, 16th in receptions with 39. As far as fantasy points, he was, let me see here real quick. He was top 12. You know, he breaks a thousand yards. I, Tony Pollard is what we wanted him to be, right? And I think a lot of people haven't caught up to that yet. They're just like, why would you have Tony Pollard that high? I mean, you can have Tony Pollard above Najee Harris, above Nick Chubb, above Henry. And the answer is yes, because I think Tony Pollard now is firmly in that area of borderline RB1 because we just saw him be an RB1 in a timeshare with where Zeke just, I mean, Zeke was vulturing touchdowns back <laughs> left and right. I mean, if you look at Ezekiel Elliott with 12 touchdowns to Pollard's nine, if he gets five more touchdowns, I mean, he's top five. You know what I mean? Like, And that's very, very plausible. If he gets more receptions, which he is a fantastic pass catcher, I think Tony Pollard is one of the safest guys in Dynasty because we saw what he can do in a timeshare. What happens if he goes somewhere else where he's going to get a little bit more of a lion's share? What happens? We already know this, the floor. We just saw it, right? Tony Pollard with the Cowboys, with Zeke under contract. They bring Pollard back. We know what we're getting. He goes somewhere else. The the sky's the limit. I mean, Tony Pollard looks fantastic. Yeah, I love Pollard. Um, he is a um, a wide receiver turned running back. You know, uh -huh. so he was a wide receiver all through college, and then they said this guy has the skill. He knows what he's doing. Let's throw him in the backfield. Um, so, you know that that is already a huge plus plus for me. But um, the fact that he's been kind of preserved throughout his career, you yeah. Know, that's huge. He's, he's Derrick Henry. You know, he's going to become a starter at age 26. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to see Pollard play until he's 30. You know, and this easy. was just that cusp of stardom. I mean, we saw fourth in touchdowns, ninth in rushing yards, first in breakaway percentage. I mean, the guy has that home run ability, and I'm just excited what we see in the future from Tony Pollard. Um, and I mean, right now, this this poll is showing if someone comes up to you with a one eight one nine. Let's say it's one nine. Is that a smash or pass for Tony Pollard? That's a pass for me, right? I agree. Now. I agree. Yeah. Um, and, and this is where it gets really tricky, right? Is like, I don't. There's there's very few running backs we listed. You know, I'm willing to pay a late first for Javante Swift or Jacobs. Maybe Mixon. Probably not. I'm willing to pay a first for those other guys. But this is where it gets tricky, right? Is like if you have those late firsts, just hold them because this is going to get 24 firsts for Tony Pollard. Yeah, okay, you know I'm in on that. Yeah, but this is where it gets a little bit tricky. So then the next tier down, and this is this is you know between what you guys have here is Najee Harris because of the age. He did bounce back pretty nicely towards the end of the year. Nick Chubb, who had another great year. Derrick Henry, who's 29 but still out there performing, Ramondre Stevenson, the 110, 111. If I come to you and this is your group, right? I mean, in a startup, it's got to be Ramondre for me. But if you're like, talk to me a little bit about where you're at with these guys because this is this is an interesting cluster to try to break down. Yeah, so um, Najee's somebody that I've come back around on. You know, I think that he's um, going to – improve his numbers, his efficiency is going to go up mm -hmm. as Pickett matures and, and kind of comes into his own a little bit. As and we've been seeing, he's been able to run that offense a little better. Right. Uh, and after I mean, the bye week, Najee's numbers went up considerably. I mean, if you look at before that, it was sheer volume. You look at that back half of the year, that final seven games, you know, he was putting up a good in PPC you know, 16 to 18 points per game because he was out there, he was getting the volume, but he was getting some of the receiving work. He was getting the touchdowns and he looked a little bit closer to what we saw from his rookie year. Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, I, I'm in on him. Um, Rom, I, you know, I'm a Rom guy. You know, I've been Same. a Rom guy yeah. for, man, we've been preaching Rom for at least a year now. I know, that was one of our, Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, and Pollard were our big hits. I mean, we nailed those guys. And I got yelled at in a lot of different, uh, you know, smash leagues and everybody saying, why do you have Ramondre Stevenson so low? And it's just like, I feel like you can buy Ramondre Stevenson for a, the 111. And I think that would be a move I'd be willing to wait, make. You know, we're talking about not jumping in on these guys. But, again, it is the Patriots. Maybe they draft another running back. Maybe one of these other guys signs there, too. And it's just like you want to trust Ramondre Stevenson because you love what you saw from him. I mean, RB8, catching passes, scoring touchdowns. It's just Belichick's always in the back of my mind. Yeah, the only thing that really makes me feel good about Rom is that Pierre Strong's there. And, mm-hmm. and um yeah, Harris is gone. So Damian Harris, Harris is, is gone. Is Harris is a low-key buy for me because I think oh, he's going to go somewhere. Right now, you could get him for a third-round rookie pick. I think Damian Harris is a guy that, like, we've seen what he can do, right? I mean, two years ago, he was winning fantasy championships as a touchdown machine, and I think he goes to the right situation. That's a guy to get thrown in your deals because he's out of sight, out of mind completely. But I didn't mean to take that away from, from Ramondre. I just, like, I'm excited for this group. You know, like, I think these are some guys... I'm selling Nick Chubb right now if I can. I'm trying to move back. You know, I'm selling Derrick Henry if I can. But now is the hardest time to move those guys. I mean, I think a lot of people are are out there in that frame of mind. We're all trying to get younger, you know. So, like, you're probably going to yeah. want to hold of these, to Derrick Henry especially. you got to hold on to Derrick Henry until the season starts. I just sold Derrick Henry, actually, to uh, Impressive. The V Pizzle. Okay. In the, in the Patreon. So, it was uh, Derrick Henry and, oh, it was the... Either 106 or 107. So I think it was Derrick Henry in the 107 uh-huh. um, for ETN and the 110. Or 111. Oh, yeah. ETN and the 110 for Derrick Henry in the 107. I mean, I could be wrong on this. He's going to correct me when yeah. we get off this. But um, it was something <laughs> around – it was somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and he's going all in, and I'm saying – I'm looking at my roster, and I have, you know, J-Mo and, you know, various other – people that probably and aren't going to now's the time to do that there. right we need to assess our rosters realistically right now and i i've been saying that a lot on twitter i had 40 of you reach out and send rosters out and be like look at this thing let me know what you think and i'm like i'm getting a little tired but that's that's what you got to do this time of year i mean show it off to somebody hey become a part of the smash patreon that discord is going to start blowing up soon but i mean it's a matter of We'll help you diagnose these, send it to myself, send it to Mike, and we can help you get a second set of eyes on it because a lot of times if you people are sending me rosters and their RB1 is is Nick Chubb and they're not in a position to win, it's like we got to make sure we try to look it away. And it, you, you have to get creative. You have to package it. You know, you're not just trying to give them up for nothing. Uh, but, yeah, it really assess those rosters. The next part is where it gets interesting. So we're talking about there's like seven or eight guys, Mike, that we trust – as dynasty running backs right now who are actively going out there and buying the position is deep. I mean, we're talking about the next tier is, is huge. You know, it's RB 18, JK Dobbins, RB 19, Dalvin cook. I mean, like I'm looking at what you guys are saying based off of what drafts are Dalvin cooks falling all the way to RB 19 right above the 112. So I think these guys are all really close to that late first. Aaron Jones has fallen a little bit behind there. Alvin Kamara. Cam Akers with that nice resurgence at the end of the year has kind of bumped himself back out. Rashad White, who you and I absolutely love. I mean, there's a narrative you can tell yourself if if Leonard Fournette goes anywhere, you know, if they make any kind of moves, he's going to be fantastic. Miles Sanders, who's a free agent. And then you just keep going. I mean, it's like from 24 to 30, you still got the Leonard Fournettes. You got, you know, the James Connors. There's guys in that area, Devin Singletary. So we're not saying... Don't invest in running backs, but there's this middle tier here where it's like you're going to have to pay up as opposed to waiting on some of these later guys. Yeah, and that's something you can use to your advantage as far as, you know, the zero running backers guys that, that go into drafts and, you know, skip over all the all the top tier guys in the first few rounds where, you know, you can grab a Henry and a Kamara in the ninth round and then you can keep mm-hmm. going. You can wait until, you know, a Connor or – Burnett or whoever, you know, these, these people are, it's this talent 
is still there. And yeah. it's not- I mean, I mean, we didn't even talk about Ezekiel Elliott, Damian Pierce, David Montgomery, you know, AJ Dillon, Brian Robinson, Pacheco, Singletary. I mean, the, the position's deep right now. It's about to get crazy deep. And I think the biggest takeaway for me is you can wait on that running back position in your startup and still come away with a nice set of value. You can invest in maybe trading a Jonathan Taylor and trying to go out there and get Jalen Waddle and find yourself a position to start getting lesser running backs and invest more of your rookie capital in that running back position. Yeah, especially with this class. Um, this class and the 24 class actually is really strong at running back. Um, but, you know, if you can do that, that's how I always suggest to build. Um, build around top tier wide receivers and then punt your running backs, you know. Um, because like I said, like we started saying, it's, it's volatile. It's one year to the next. You have no idea. Um, it, you're more susceptible to an injury and just a, a teardrop um, mm-hmm. with a running back than you are with a top tier wide receiver. Well, and we're going to, we're going to talk about it in smash except here in a little bit, but I mean, one of my biggest, we're going to talk about our pitfalls and our, our, you know, mistakes that we've made. And for me, I've always preached that, right. Is, is you're trying to draft the rookies, your running backs in the rookie draft, but build around your wide receivers, you know? And I think sometimes we go out there and we're like, you know what? I got to pay up and get Christian McCaffrey. I got to pay up and get Austin Eckler, you know, and you make some of those moves and they don't pan out. And now all of a sudden you didn't win and you got older and now you're wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like we got to get in that area where we're able to invest in those wide receivers because wide receivers in the free agent market, there's next to nothing. Like this year, it's not going to change a lot. I mean, they're talking about DeAndre Hopkins getting traded. The top wide receivers in the free agent market are Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, Jacoby Myers. It's not a lot. That's not going to shake things up. The wide receivers, I mean, there's some nice wide receivers in this class. There's JSN, you know, there's Jordan Addison, there's there's uh, Quentin Johnson. There's good players in there, but I don't think it shakes up the wide receivers like this running back ranking landscape. And we're going to continue to hit you guys up with that at Smash or Pass, but it's just a matter – we wanted to get this out there. We wanted to let you guys know what's going on with the running backs because it is a – Tricky, tricky market to try to navigate. So, Mike, any this this was fun, you know. Like, I'm excited to kind of make this a weekly thing and talk about a smash or pass. But why don't you tell everybody where they can find your work? And uh, you know, one of these guys, one running back that we didn't mention that you're just, I'm going after. You know, like we talked about some of those guys at the top, but who's that guy later on that you're trusting that you're going to buy? Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Nerdboy Takes. Um, you know, try to pump out a little content but my dms are always open if you guys have any questions about roster construction or um any startup help you guys need definitely um send over a dm and i'll, I'll do what i can for you but uh, late startup targets that i've been after um for running back khalil herbert is somebody that we didn't yes. talk about yes that is one of my guys and like i said before that monty is definitely moving on from the bears i don't see him coming back to the bears um, so worst case scenario, I think Khalil is a lead back and they might get somebody that, you know, takes away passing work or, you know, takes away the third down role or something like that. But I think he's going to get a shot at that lead role this year and he's going around the 12th, 13th rounds of most startups that I've seen so far. Yeah. And I think you could still get him for late second. You know, rookie pick, I think, with the rookie fever. I doubt you're going to get him for a pair of thirds, but he's the kind of guy you mix in in a deal where, you know, everyone saw Montgomery playing towards the end, but Herbert was injured. Go out there and make a pass at him because what we saw in the middle of the season was that kind of, I don't want to say Tony Pollard-esque type player, but, but I mean, he has that skill set. You know, he's a guy that I think, given an opportunity, and Chicago is going to be in a situation where if they're smart, they're out there, you know, looking to build for the future, and you don't do that around the running back position. So I think Khalil Herbert definitely is that guy. I'm glad you said that. Um, I'm thinking Rashad White is another one of those guys for me. And I'm almost thinking, you know, we're in a situation where David Montgomery is so written off. You know, you said David Montgomery. People are selling him for late seconds right now. And I'm like, he very well could go somewhere and be a starter because we've seen him play at a, at a very high level. And I think, you know, he's definitely a guy worth buying. So thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process. Boom. Thank you. We're going to come out with a uh, different end 